Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Vikings versus Broncos. Good morning, Gallahorn. In the raw. It's Dave here, and if I can figure out how to do the camera thing, we are golden. And of course, I can't. So, there we go. We have Good Morning Gallahorn in the Raw and Live, baby. And we have Ted, Drew, and Dave. (laughs) Ready to talk to you. How about that? Yeah. Oh, baby. Cheers to the win. Woo-hoo. There once was a man named David Stefano who liked to watch his beard grow. He drank, he drank pumpkin spice beer every day of the fucking year. But after that Denver game... I don't blame him. Yeah. Hey, Ooh. we have our first. Yes, go Vikes for Mary. We also have Callie Kid, who joined us last week, who really thought this game should be our yearly letdown game. I'll take that dub. <laughs> Heading into the bye week. Skull, baby. Absolutely. Did- now, just to be clear, we did win, right? Yes, we did win. Yeah, yeah it was it was close. So you man. can't got, you can't play that absolutely poorly and still pull a game out. Yes, that is good to know. That's Twenty to know. points behind is the biggest Zimmer come from behind win. The previous was there. eleven points. Come on, you got to start out. Get him up there. Hey, see how low this is? Shocker! I know. But guess what? We couldn't tell, Dave. I got another one. (laughs) And we've never worn a black jersey in the history of the franchise, but let's continue. Hey, but (laughs) this is, guess who? Dante, alternate. Because I am saluting that game where he threw to 
Randy Moss, who threw the lateral to Mo Williams, who scored the touchdown in the one of the greatest plays ever in the NFL. Ted, get him another beer, Ted. I uh, I think I think Drew, you and I just need to step back and let Dave run this run this in. Yeah, I'll just I'll just sit back and watch this This is the Dave's. Look, that's what your that's what your tombstone's going to be right there. Right. Dump on a beer. Yeah. Ted hey. Glover, I can't wait to get your thoughts on that game. I, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I missed uh, the first quarter. I had to catch up. I was recording the game. Um, I had to drive my wife to the airport. She's going on a on a really long trip. And and I, really? I got home. Opposite and, side uh, of the globe. I, I, I got home and uh, it was like ten to nothing. I'm like, well, you know, whatever, okay. And then it was seventeen nothing, and it was you know I'm I'm watching it, and it was still ten nothing, where I'm watching it, and then I get like little my little score alert on my phone. I'm like, do I even want to look at it? Because that means Viking probably scored, and it's now probably close. And it was like twenty to nine. I'm like, holy crap, man! What what is going on? I yeah. I was, uh, you know, we said on the preview show that Vic Fangio, the head coach of Denver, has a defense the Vikings have a solvent. And for yet another two quarters, Minnesota didn't know what they were doing. On well, yeah, at half, it was 20 to 0, Denver. Yeah, 30, 37 yards at halftime. And, and they had ran, what, 15 or 16 plays? They hadn't even run 20 plays yet, I believe. Awful. Yeah, it was, it was and, awful. And the defense, you know, they won and, and they held at the end. But I think. Denver ended up running 20 plays on that last drive to end the game. Because uh, at one point it was 17-play drive, and then they had two or three more. So I, I think that the, the Vikings' defense is is aging before our eyes. And Harrison Smith now uh, went out with a hamstring injury. Um, that's why uh-huh. J. Ron Kirst was in, who played very well, I thought. J. Ron Kirst did. Uh, uh-huh. Made a couple of big plays and big stops at the end. but Two weeks in a row. Yeah. Last guy to touch the ball. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, they converted. I, they converted like what? Fourteen fourth downs on that drive. I mean, I was going crazy here. I was like fourth and six, six I, yard pass. I I will say, as bad as the first half was, though. Oh. Uh, the second half was was really good, and and the defense. You know, Dave, you've talked about Ben, but don't break. They talk about Ben. They they bent it like a. 178 degree angle, but they didn't break. I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was I mean, that bent, much. Uh, they only and they only gave up what three points in the second half, which was pretty good. I mean, it was the, the defense was instrumental in the offense getting the ball back and 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 being able to come back and, and get the win. But why couldn't they do that in the first half? Because they want to cause our hearts to maximize. You know, what might be a big play in this game. <clears throat> Remember when Abdullah returned? Everything was already shitty, and Abdullah took it out and fumbled. And we're all thinking, how could it get even worse? The fact that we held him to three right there was kind of huge. I thought the play was a Sandejo interception. Right. We had, a, and then they missed their, they missed a field goal, so they were, they yeah. had some chances down there where they came away pointless. Yeah. So I mean, let's for as bad as the Vikings played, they did have some good, some good things happen, and they did enough to win the game. But yeah. I can't explain the first half, Mister Glover. I really can't. I, who, I, oh, I, I can explain the first half. Oh, here, here we go. Let me guess. It was Kirk Cousins' fault. No, 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 no. They were looking towards the bye. 
Everybody was looking at their vacation plans and whatever they were going to do, and they were going to figure, we'll just skate through this first half, right, or through this game. I don't buy it. And they blew it. You don't buy it? Well, how do you actually explain that? They look flat. That's what what happened. Yeah, but the whole offense, Stefanski and Kubiak's offense look flat. The play calling was horrible. You get a free play and you call a screen? Really? No. You go downfield, right? That's that's wrong. My, my my amigo, before your heart explodes, <laughs> remember how the Vikings looked in week four in Chicago. We, yeah, we, just I, as bad. You know, I said this on the preview show. It's the exact same defense, different players, same scheme. Uh, and, and Denver, to Denver's credit, both on offense and defense, they were playing to win in the first half. They were airing it out. They were throwing every trick in the bag they uh, out on the field that they could. Um, Allen was making some great plays. The defense was making some big stops. They were getting the cousins. They were getting pressure up the middle, and that's and that's kind of the the uh, the scouting report on the Vikings. If you can get pressure up the middle, uh, you're going to be able to to neutralize offense. And because of that, and because they got behind, Dalvin Cook couldn't get going. I mean, you'll notice once they sort of got within. Shouting distance, Dalvin Cook started to get some yards, and they, they started to incorporate Dalvin Cook more. I think so, – uh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I mean, that, so it was just kind of that, that – I what, think Dave What they really did wants- was they went to that no huddle at the start of the second half and completely changed their offensive approach, and they got that sense of urgency or whatever. So, I'm sorry, Drew. Go ahead, man. No, no, no. I didn't mean to cut you off. I think Dave – Dave, you know Dave's a Zimmer guy. You know that. And if he says they're looking forward to the bye week, if he says the players are looking forward to the bye week, which which says they're not going to, the execution's very poor, they're looking forward. If you blame it on that, then you don't. Listen, listen, if you say that, like he just said, it's a creative way of avoiding that Zimmer got his ass out coached by Fangio 100%. See, now he doesn't say, he doesn't want to, he knows it, but he doesn't want to fucking admit it. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. You saw my comments in the first half. I was going to rip Zimmer. He was double reverse passes down the end. They weren't scared of Zimmer at all, dude. Denver was coming at him full force. Fangio was pulling everything out of the bag, and he was coaching circles around Mike Zimmer. And Mike Zimmer was scared. They were scared. Look at their offense. They're running ham up the middle. They were frightened. Cousins looked frightened in the pocket. Nobody had any. It was just Fangio was doing it to him again. It was just like the Chicago game all over again. Oh, it and was. If, it was. And, and if you want to go back to Dave, if you want to say the Vikings players were looking to the week off and they were taking this team lightly, then that's an indictment on Zimmer and the entire coaching staff. Yeah. This team ready to play this game today. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't think that's the case. I, I I don't think that was it. I just think. Denver came in with a lot, uh, with a, a way more aggressive game plan, because look, man, they got nothing to lose. They're they're in a hostile environment. Nobody expects them to win. Let's just throw the kitchen sink at them and see what happens. And what happened was twenty to nothing going into the locker room. Well, and I look forward to watching the local sports tonight to see how those guys go off. Because down most of you line. know, I now live in Denver. 
We're down one offensive lineman and having a rook dog quarterback in the second start. Denver's play caller did an outstanding job. The offensive oh, play absolutely. calling on their part was really well well designed. They had a lot of good plays against us. They had a lot of mismatches against us. They caught a lot of mismatches on us. Um, but in the end, we made a few bigger plays. And let's face it, they dropped the ball a few times on, uh, well, maybe not uh, physically dropped the ball, but they dropped the ball in the sense of, they made some mistakes, clock management. They missed a field goal. They let a 20-point lead get away. But Denver was outplaying us and outcoaching us in the first half. I don't think oh. the Vikings were looking forward, looking at, looking past them at all. I think they had no answer. Vikings had no answer. They're right. And I want to throw up. I want to throw right. up from uh, Edwin Broadmarkle, i.e. Eddie Van Halen, on three <laughs> plays. <laughs> If you have deep roots called, they throw it. But if it is called, you're limited. And it didn't seem to be called in the first half. But in the second half, when Stefanski went to that no-huddle defense, change up the pace, it worked. And that I am grateful for. Play action rollout. We had two play. We did it twice. We had touchdown passes on each one. <laughs> if, let me ask you this: If the Vikings had only been down ten at halftime, you think they would have gone to that no huddle offense? You think they would have had that sense of urgency? Probably. No, I don't. But they, I'm glad they, they make that adjustment because I, making that adjustment shows that they can, and we're going to need that going forward. Yeah, I I, I absolutely 100 percent agree. But I think as, as sluggish as the, as the offense was on their first two or three possessions, whatever it was, and then when Denver went up 17-0 and the Vikings got the ball back and it was still second quarter, I think I would have gone to the no huddle then. I, I, I just – Well, I there, agree. There's, something, there's just something about these slow starts that bug me. I, Drew, you're on to something about the, the Vikings getting on, out coached and making adjustments. And Okay, that's cool. And look, I'm not saying this wasn't a big win. It was a huge win. I, I couldn't imagine being a Vikings fan the next two weeks if they lost to Denver with the bye week and then coming <laughs> to the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, God, that would just been a miserable two weeks. It would have been but, rough. But there's there's something I, I don't know what it is, but there's something not right with the way the Vikings start a lot of their games. I, I and it's just and to, and usually it's just like one side of the ball. It's either right, the offense right. can't get on track or the defense right. has problems. You know, last week it was the defense had had issues in the or in the and because the offense, you know, started started fast and the defense kind of started to struggle. I, it just I don't know, man. I there's something coaching, player inattention to detail. I don't know what the deal is, but it's it's something and it's if the Vikings are going to go a long ways in the postseason. They need to get that you know, fixed. You know what, Ted Glover? You play a first half like that in the postseason, you ain't coming back. You're, you're getting you're getting run out of the stadium. Is what's happening. Yeah, you're not. You know the fact that we came back. You're going to get 38-7. Is what you're getting. And I respect Denver, but the fact that we were allowed to come back is because they showed their they showed plays that make them a three sixteen that allowed us to get back in it. That letting Diggs behind the backside, letting Rudolph wide open. Those are why they're six three and six. I mean. They've lost four fourth-quarter games now, the Broncos. One of the guys watching this live, Snarlix B. writes, writes, Oh, God, you're not lying, Ted. You are exactly right. Which is strange because I thought he was lying. What what am I right about? Because that'd be a first, brother. The defense, baby, the defense. (laughs) 
I, I will say, uh, Kyle Rudolph, I hope he kept that ball uh, that he caught that touchdown with because he set a personal record for yards after catch after he caught that ball because he, he rumbled and bumbled for 20 yards across he the did, goal didn't line. He, he yeah, did. That was impressive. Hey, I got one for you. Eddie Van yeah. Halen, Edwin Broadmarker, Broadmarkle, asks, Markle. how Listen, seriously do we consider the- bringing Marcus Sherrill's back? Especially no. after Hughes muffs that. But, I mean, you know, no, Abdullah fumbled today, too. I, I I just think it was like everybody played bad, did play bad in the first half. I, I mean, they got it all out of their system in the first 30 minutes. But, no, you're not bringing Cheryl's back. Who are you going to cut? Who are you going to get rid of? You're not. And talk about fumbles, so did my favorite quarterback. Who actually got a comeback? Kirk Cousins. But, anyways. Um, yeah, Kirk was blindsided on that hit, brother. I mean, I, 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 it's still a fumble. Should have held on to the ball, but yeah. Hey. You know what? Uh, Kirk Cousins was the Kirk Cousins. Dave likes to call him the bad Kirk. But, yes. you know, we just Oh, Kirk and after the first half, him. I was. He threw one pass over 10 yards. We watched him stinking up in the first half. Body language was bad. La 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 la. He was getting sacked. He fumbled once. Couldn't get first downs. Couldn't generate anything downfield. It was all screens and pit and, and little drop off passes. And then in the second half, Kirk Cousins threw three touchdowns. So, as much as people give him shit, he didn't fold like a chip. He came back and won the game. He yeah, him after a turnover, I, I think, he I think came that back. That offense two, helped him as much two, as it helped. Anybody else? Because you just you just get the play in and you kind of react to what the defense is doing. You don't have you don't have time to think. I don't know. Something happened. Uh, somebody. Well, we've seen cousins in games like this that goes from the stinky first half to a stinky second half. <laughs> yes, yeah, we have. Yeah. Let's give him a little credit for coming back and putting his foot down, saying "fuck this, I want to win this game." And he made some great passes in the second half. Yeah, he did. That, but that how much of that was Stefanski? What? Say that how, again, Dave. How much of that was Stefanski's play calls? Switching it up, going to the two-minute offense, going to no huddle, and suddenly getting. I think they were on something when they went to the when they went to the no huddle because they got it back towards the the ten-minute mark of the game and they were still doing it. And with ten minutes left, they were down three. You don't need to do it then. But I think they were Zimmer said or somebody said, "Hey," or Kirk even said. I like the pace we're going at. They keep, they don't like this pace. Let's keep the right. pace going. They the did fact no they, huddle on offense. They did the no huddle the entire second half, didn't they? I, they didn't huddle on offense. Or at much, least the they? fourth quarter, yeah. Or close to all the fourth No, they, they came out the second half, started. I don't think they went I, – I don't think they huddled up the entire – because because after they went ahead, Denver got the ball and went on that 25-play drive that got him zero points to end the but, game. But yeah, they were they were uh, in the no huddle, but the play kind of, the the score kind of made them go to that. But I'm saying yeah. at some point in the fourth quarter, they could have slowed the game down, only because they still had two or three possessions left. They were going to get the ball two or three times probably by by the odds average, but they were still in it. And the fact that they were right. still in it, I was happy about that because somebody said, you know, even though the score is within three now, let's keep what's work, keep doing what's working. Yes. Yeah, that was a good call. The Vikings can be very irritating when they stop doing what's working. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, no and kidding. I want to go back to what Ted just talked about. I want to reflect on something that Ted just talked about. Maybe you guys can enlighten me on it. 
the first three drives of this game, this is something I've seen happen with the Vikings a lot. I know you get the ball the first time, you have an incomplete pass, you run it up the middle, another incompletion, you got a punt, three and out, whatever. When you start a game with three or four crappy drives, and I, I, they didn't do that in Dallas, what nope. is going on? I don't know, man. I, I mean, again, my, my only answer is the, the Vic Fangio defensive scheme is voodoo for the Vikings offense. I, they, they don't match up well for whatever reason, and they don't do well against a lot of those looks. And I, I don't know why. I, I just I don't like get it. But it didn't look like the Vikings. No, it, they didn't. And, no. and the thing that really bugged me, they were down, I think it was 17 to nothing. It might have been 20 to nothing. But I'd have to go back play by play but they had a they had a really nice play to digs that was nullified by a penalty by a holding call on riley reef so instead of first down in denver territory they, they now had a first and 20 and then cook went for like a yard and then on second down they they ran like a screen pass or a draw a second and right. 19 they ran a draw and then on third and 19 they did a, a stupid screen pass with freaking abdullah Terrible. I mean, it just felt like the Vikings were, were, were like, whatever. We're just going to get off the field here and, and call it a half and then just try and figure things out. It's like they weren't even trying on that last drive. And that was particularly irritating for me because it like it, it to me, it sent a message as, as we don't know what to do. We have no idea what to do. We're just going to we're just going to not try and do any more damage by turning the ball over. Uh, and 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 then that's exactly what they did on the next punt return or whatever. So there, there was I, no attacking at all. No, there was no. And now. That, that's 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 what I'm getting. That was my question: is where's the attack? It just looked like really playing scared, and they and weren't they attacking. Were, they were attacking Dallas. Let me tell yeah, you. And, and in the second half, that's all they did. They they threw right. the ball downfield. They they you know they they got they got Cook on the perimeter instead of Amir Abdullah. Really, Amir Abdullah? Come on. Why is Amir Abdullah even in the game when you're down by more than 10 points? Why? Which leads to our next question by Lynn Jensen. What do you think about the halftime adjustments of Zimmer across the nineteen or the 2019 season compared to today? Did he make those right adjustments versus earlier in the season? Hey, we've got a winning record. So, obviously, there's only a few adjustments that didn't pay off. But did today's make a difference? Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, they won even nothing, and they won 27-23. Which is the biggest deficit he has ever come back from. So, so yeah, I mean, he made – I think it's a a combination of adjustments and, and player execution. And and then the, the amount the, the different type of play calling because we were just talking about that the, the Vikings were very passive both offensively and defensively and, and I, I maybe that's the thing that bugs me the most when they start off the game they they let the action come to them and they react they they don't force the action right we talked about against, that before and that drives but last us week against nuts. Dallas they did on on offense anyways the Vikings said this is what we're going to do stop us and and today it felt like they were saying well this is what Denver's doing. Maybe we can do this instead and stay instead of saying stop this. Because in the second half, that's what that's the mentality they they had to go to that mentality because they were down by twenty points. And it and it worked. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. Drew, what do you think? 
I think about a lot of things, David. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'm thinking if I'm making a credit list and giving out game balls, Mike Zimmer's not even in my top ten. I know you want to talk about adjustments and this and that. And, yeah, he did make adjustments, but it's been happening for so long under his regime. How about make the adjustments halfway through the first quarter? Yeah, that would be nice. I agree. We do that. I mean, can we not? And, and actually, if you talk to guys who, you know, I've had guys tell me who have played that says, when you go in at halftime, there's not a big sit-down meeting with a uh, dry erase board. This is what we're going to do. You don't have time for any of that shit. You <laughs> have time to just maybe make a couple minor, minor changes. So you're not making drastic adjustments. But Zimmer found a way to get it done. And he, he was, he, I think he was angry in the first half with all the dumb mistakes. That jumping offside, well, that happened in the third quarter when Wilson jumped offside yeah. and we had him on a three and out. Oh, nice. uh, uh, making adjustments and we, we ended up winning the game. So, I'll, you know, I give him that. But you got to have your team ready to play. I mean, your team can't come out and do that every week. I don't. Well, I, and that if, was if the I, big but, deal to me. I had said in our thread via Twitter or via. Gallhorn. The folks come out and looking <laughs> at this as we're coming into the the buy. So let's take this off. And it was like, if I'm Zimmer, I'm saying, no, you play your ass off or you don't get any time off. Period. This is an important game. You play it that way. And why they didn't for the first half, I don't know. Whether it's Zimmer not portraying that, not emphasizing that, which is his responsibility, or the players themselves saying, fuck it, we're going to go smoke weed and drink beer. I don't know. But either way, the players, they need to come in and play. Allegedly. Allegedly, that's right. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people. 
the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. You got it. Dan. I think I think the players kind of play for each other and the coaches want them to coaches have to get them ready. But I don't think they collectively say, you know, I'm thinking about golfing right now. They're out there to win, to play for each other, make plays next to each other. You would think. think. I'm not, I don't think they're thinking about the bye week. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not in the huddle with them. Eddie so, Van Halen says, J-Ron curses the MVP of this game for the defensive stop. Do you agree? Not on that pass he bit on where the guy took him deep. That was horrible. It was. <laughs> that was bad. Um, I seen a towel fly up in the air, and I seen Sutton running down the field. <laughs> All I fucking... Like Curse said, oh, shit. Oh, shit. You mentioned something a minute ago about Eric Wilson's penalty on, on fourth down that gave the Broncos a first down, and I believe that, that led to their only points of the second half field goal. Remote, right into the sheetrock. It they, went to a 1,000 pieces. They, <laughs> <laughs> well, you were only down to one. Stupid. Do I need to send you another one? <laughs> you know, we, we've talked this year about – the Vikings and 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 coaching and discipline and all that. And this is the most undisciplined team I think Mike Zimmer's had. I mean, they've had penalties before and, and everybody makes a dumb penalty. Every team has one or two dumb penalties a game in a in a critical situation. Gives a team a first down, whatever. That was DEFCON one dumb. That was but, dumb. But is maybe it's and maybe it's just me this year, but this team consistently Whenever they have a good play on offense, like that that long pass to Diggs in the first half that maybe kind of got them on track and Reef was called for holding, or the Wilson offside penalty that gave Denver a first down, or that Rhodes P.I. that gave Denver first and goal in the first half, it just seems this year the Vikings defense, or the Vikings as a whole, are just horrible with their team discipline. <laughs> they the are worse than they have the been. They got their new tennis shoes on, right? They went to Foot Locker. They got these bitchin' white tennis shoes. Look at me! And they stroll out of the, sh- the store, and they step in a big pile of dog shit. And they go, oh, shit. So they go back into the store, and they hose it off. They hose off the shoe, right? They wipe it down, get it all clean, and then they walk out of the store and step in the same pile again! <laughs> That's what they do! Stop with the same mistake. Stop. But. 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 They're eight and three going into the bye. They are eight and three, Stefano. You ain't lying with that beard either. You're telling the truth. <laughs> that is a righteous thing. And right. that's the bottom line. Yeah. We played. Guys, we played piss poorly, and we won this game. So that's what we always bitch about. We Exactly. So David Stefano is correct. When all the shit cinders down and you, your shoes have shit on them and all that is done, eight and three. So he's exactly. right. But yeah. but uh, us as fans say, why the constant mistakes? Like Ted said, two good plays, walk in, and then something happens. Damn it. Well, in our yeah. corners, we got work to do with our corners because we are getting worked. By wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's very troubling. I mean I don't like, even think Zimmer wants them out there anymore. 
Well, Xavier's as old as I am, and I'm the oldest among us three. What do you do with Rhodes, Ted Glover? You can't keep putting him out there. Who are you going to put? Hugh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't... Hughes got toasted for 15 catches on 150 yards last week. <laughs> and he got toasted this week, too. But if Rhodes is getting a flag, he's giving up a pass, or he's not he's missing yeah. the tackle. What about that tackle he missed on that drive on that third down play? Yeah. When that was we we tackle him there, we're sure they're gonna have to go for it on fourth down, but that was a huge miss. If he when stays Barr outside, if he stays outside and forces that play back inside, I can't remember who who was covering. I it might have been Kendricks. I'd have to go back it and look. It was Barr because Barr had to tackle. Barr, okay, it was Barr. If if he stays outside. Barr comes in and cleans that play up, and it's not a first yeah. down. Philip Lindsay made Rhodes look like he was in a yoga position. I mean, he so did just Carlin Sutton. So, I, I, what do you do? You keep play after play after play. I mean, you don't, you have no choice. You can't put anybody else out there. But it's getting to the point where it's like other other teams see this shit. They're gonna see it. The Vikings right. are gonna have. I mean, it's it's down the road. But this offseason, the Vikings are gonna have to have a lot of serious discussions about. Xavier Rhodes, when not he comes back. Remember, anyway. we did spicy hot takes. Well, oh, tailgatemaster.com, i.e., Scott Backstrom, right? Meow, we meow, come back, cow. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. Meow, meow, come back, cow. Anyways. All right, so, hey, Drew, who's your game ball? Who are you giving your game ball to? Probably myself for putting up with that shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, damn it. Go to Dave first. I need to think for a sec. All right, Dave. Who, so he doesn't know what he's doing. Who do I think? Oh, Mike that's Zimmer. a good question. No. <laughs> no. But. adjustment. I will give the coaches for that halftime adjustment and going to a two-minute offense, i.e. no huddle in the second half. They changed it up. They made the adjustment. It worked, and they defeated the Denver Broncos. I will give it to the coaching staff for making that decision in the second half. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out here. I'm gonna go. I know it seems like an obvious choice. I'm gonna go Kirk Cousins on my offense because I think as bad as that first half went and as down as he, he was, he showed us something by not folding completely and bringing his team back to win. So that deserves a game ball in, in my in my point. And my other one, I'm going to give my other one to Jaleel Johnson. I thought he rocked today. All right. I thought he, he was clogging up the middle. He had a tackle for loss. I think he had a sack thrown in there. He was filling in today, and he filled out fine, uh, nicely in the middle. So I'm giving him a game ball, him and Cousins. I'm going to go – I'm not, I'm not going to pick the same guys you did. Um, but Cousins was my first choice. So I'm going to go with Stephon Diggs. Who made who made some great catches? Uh, honorary honorable mention. Rudolph. Um, okay. On offense, on defense, I I, I kind of agree with uh, Eddie Van Halen that Jaron Curse stepped in mm-hmm. after Harrison Smith went out and he made some great plays. He he got he made had a couple of pass breakup breakups. Trey Wayne's had a nice pass breakup in the end zone there at the end, but Jaron Curse. Of all the players that needed to step up and make a play, he made two or three of them at the end of the game to preserve the victory. Because he's playing for his next contract with a different team. Yes. Probably. I agree. Now, 
Danny. Going Austin Cutting and Mike Zimmer. Those are his game balls. No, <laughs> no. Austin Cutting has nothing to do with today. Today, Eddie go. writes job, draft DBs in round one, two, and three, and things are soft. And I Who agree. Eddie Van Halen. <coughs> Edwin draft what? Rodmarker. You DBs. Defensive backs. He needs defensive backs. And I agree. We're looking at (coughs) Mike Zimmer and the Vikings might be looking for a number one quarterback in round one. Come in the 2020 draft. I agree. Uh, Quarterback, you think, really? Corner. Cousins is playing this year? Corner back. Oh. As in DB, defensive back. Ah, ah. Oh, my God. That was disturbing. You know, it, <laughs> I, I would argue left tackle is a bigger need right now. I, I don't even – you know what? I don't even want to talk about the draft right now. Yeah, I'm let's wait. go with the season. We got, let's, we got... let's, let's focus on the fact that the Vikings won a game where in 99 times so far this year – They would have Or lost. maybe even longer. Uh, you know how many wins? You were down 20 to nothing at the half? There was Zero. Zero. The Vikings are the first team in a hundred games to win after being down twenty to nothing at the half. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? Warts of this game and lipstick on the pig, whatever cliches you want to say for for ugly, putting pretty on ugly, I don't care. The Vikings won this football game when it looked with thirty minutes to go, they had zero chance. And they won. And Kirk Cousins played well, the defense played a lot better in the second half, and they got it done. And what would you say? It would say, woohoo! That had never been done before. Absolutely. Yeah. Skull Vikings! Skull! No. Yes. Your blood your back count is 1.7, brother. Oh, hey. I'm sure it is, but I'm not driving, people, so it doesn't matter. People, you know what I'm doing this rest of the afternoon while I'm watching football? I got a lot of people that were texting me and emailing me and, and laughing and shit. I'm going to bust okay. all their nuts wide open. Hey, oh, hey, do guys. that. Bam, bam, bam. Hey, hey, before we get out of here, can I tell one quick drunk army story? Absolutely. And you can tell the Glover story. Double them uh, up. This is not Don Glover. This is just this is a Ted Glover story. So I'm at Fort Campbell. Uh, and, and the CH-47 simulator is at Fort Campbell. And so we have to go there twice a year to do our, our flight simulator stuff. And we stayed at this hotel in Clarksville, Tennessee. Or no, Tennessee. right across the river in Tennessee. I, I can't remember the name of town. And there's a bar in there. And we're sitting there. And we had, we'd had a long day in the seminar. Five or six of us were all in our flight suits. And we're drinking. And a bunch of these Vietnam uh, Army Ranger guys had come in. They were having it – was, it was long-range – Ranger uh, Recon, the LERP guys, they were a bunch of badasses in Vietnam. Right. <clears throat> and they were having a reunion at Fort Campbell, so they come in. And we're kind of toasted. And we'd had a few beers, but these guys were hammered. They'd been drinking all day. And they came <laughs> down and they sat My down. My kind right of guys. They sat down right next to us. It's one dude. Is just, he can't, he's like Stefano is right now. He's absolutely, <laughs> he's absolutely fried. He can barely talk. And and he and he puts his arms around me, and he looks at my he looks at my name, and yeah, you because know, I got my name tag on there. He's like, how 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 you spell your name, cowboy? I said it's uh, <laughs> it's Smith. Just all the letters are silent. He said, I'll tell you what, Smitty. <laughs> Funny. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. 
You helicopter pilots, you're something else. You 101st? Uh, no, we're we're 82nd. We're from I was stationed at Fort Bragg at the time, <laughs> and he 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 recoils like this. He's 82nd. Yeah, and he looks at me. He said, "You know what? I'd rather have a sister in a whorehouse than a brother in the 82nd Airborne Division." <laughs> How do you think oh. about that, Smitty? <laughs> Holy crap! Oh, and then we we ended up drinking like two. It was a great time. Had a had a have a had a heck of a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and every single one of those guys, there are like four or five of them, every single one of them had this absolutely harrowing story about being rescued by a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. So we drank for free all night, man. It was great. <laughs> yeah, those are some stories I'd love to hear. Oh, good time. Good time. Well, but, like tonight. Drunkenness reminded me of that. So, <laughs> Like tonight, come from behind victory, where Zimmer made halftime adjustments. There it is. He has to get it in there. Zimmer made the halftime. Zimmer. Well, actually, it's probably oh. Stufanski, but I'll it's... I'll credit Zimmer. Oh, shocker! <laughs> Zimmer that got us into the twenty-point hole too, dude. So credit <laughs> him with that. Also. Anyways, <laughs> we take that into the bye week. Eight and three, number two in the NFC North. Unfortunately, we've got to overtake the. Team from Wisconsin. Man, we dodged a bullet. You know what, guys? If we lose this game today, that's going to kill our whole season. That's how I feel. When it was like 20 to 3 or 20 to 7, I was sitting there thinking to myself and thinking and thinking, going, all right, 7 and 4. My God, this is just the fact that we lost at home to a 3 and 6 team, that's going to carry. It's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad we avoided all that. I think the Vikings' playoff shot went over, went chances went over like 90% with that win. Probably. I I I I looked at five thirty eight a couple days ago. I meant to look at it for that playoff thing. I'm gonna. Well, do, I looked yeah. back at hey, two fourteen stats, time. and they were eighty eight point like eight percent for making the playoffs. I have but a with this, so, it's going to be up, higher. When you're down twenty to nothing at halftime, what are the odds for winning? I'd like to know that percentage. It's probably. I'll, I'll, I don't know if they low. have that, but I'll try and find it. Okay. One in a hundred, literally. <laughs> It's got to be low, regardless of who you're playing. Even if you're playing right And we know Zimmer hadn't done that before. So. Well, he shouldn't have gone down 20 to nothing to freaking Denver. But well, whatever. I agree. It's adjustments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> adjustments there, Drew. Footlockers, man. Don't step in the same pile twice. Footlockers. We about done because i got to make a couple adjustments here. I'm waiting to hear the <laughs> Miami homeboy speech. Let's hear it. Drew, any last words? Meow, meow, Mikey Cow, and I will see you, cats! On the flip-flop! Yeah! <laughs> Ted, you got anything? Eight and three, enjoy the bye, because you need that, you're going to need that week to make your travel plans to Miami. Yeah. Bowl, homeboy. <laughs> Skull Vikings! We win this game. Let's win more. Yeah, baby. I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, 
business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode came from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Last year, you may have made some smart decisions, and you may have made some not-so-smart decisions, like going all-in on that one crypto exchange. The good news is making smart financial decisions is easier than you think. SmartWallet's Smart Money Podcast has the weekly know-how you need to get ahead. Sean and Sarah, the hosts of Smart Money, break down the latest financial news and give you honest, objective money advice. Subscribe to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.